Hey everyone, I am Charlie Schrem here in the beautiful city of Miami at Miami City Hall, about to go do the show, Untold Stories, where twice a week we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential people, the brightest crowns in a box, the sharpest tools in the shed, and the coolest people in the room. Here I'm about to interview Mayor Francis Suarez, who's talked and been publicly talking about how he wants to be the next crypto proponent and how Miami is going to be the next center of crypto all over the global world. This show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media and production company that I trust, and without them, we'd be nothing. Check out their other podcasts that are run by my friends. They're a media production company at blockworks.co. And with that, let's head right inside and do this Untold Stories. Mayor Suarez, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Charlie. It's, a, it's an honor to be with you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Really, like, you're one of my favorite few people to follow on Twitter because, like, uh, that enthusiasm, that energy and excitement, and then you're meeting all of our friends and all the people and convincing them to move down here. I said, I have to meet this guy because <laughs> um, usually people that are in, in public service are... Uh, have the hardest jobs because you have to represent, you have to first work, you know, manage a city. Sure. Uh, especially the job of the mayor. I was telling my mother-in-law this morning, the job of the mayor is the hardest. And then you have to also be like an ambassador to the rest of the world. Sure. And, and you chose to like do that for crypto. But uh, your story and your history is so awesome too. You come from a, like a family of, of mayors. Your father was a mayor and you actually ran the first time and you talked about how when you ran the first time and you lost, you were the underdog. And, yep. and then when you won the second time, you said it was inevitable. And I think there was like 88% or 86% support. What was the first time that you introduced yourself to someone as a mayor? What was that like? I think it was, it must have been the night that I won. You know, and I remember, it's interesting because the way our vote system works is all of the what they call absentee ballots or early ballots are counted and, and early votes are counted at the same time. So um, so I just remember the moment that we're, we were, you know, the uh, polls close at seven and then at 715 you get the first results. And I, I knew I had a very good chance of obviously winning by large margin. So I just remember refreshing, 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 refreshing the page and boom, it comes out. And it just the number just sort of hit me like with this with, with this immense joy. But wait. Yeah. Right. And then I went out there. Um, I came out to U2's A Beautiful Day. Uh, that's how I gave my, 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 my first speech. But um, I didn't swear in until two weeks later. So I wasn't officially the mayor until two weeks later. And uh, it was interesting because we did it outside, which is very unusual. I'd never, we'd never done um, a swearing in ceremony outside. And my wife was an event planner. Uh, I never missed a rain call. And it literally rained right in the middle of my speech. Oh. And, you know, and then I thought to myself almost instantly, you know, there's got to be a reason. And everything is, it happens for a reason. And what I have up there, which I'll show you in my city hall and my executive office, is I have a picture of that speech with a rainbow uh, behind it. And so for me, it, it, it was very, um, at first it taught me, just when you think God is not there for you, he is actually present physically in a manifestation. And secondly, life is about perspective. In that moment, I thought, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. All this work is so embarrassing, you know, whatever. And what I realized is after looking at it after three years, now I just crossed my three year threshold. And I look back at that picture and I think to myself, 
it's so beautiful. You know what I mean? Such a beautiful picture. And, and so what, what has happened is that the moment of difficulty and despair is gone. And this moment of absolute beauty is what remains. And so like, to me, it's a, it's a lesson of life is about perspective. Sometimes things are tough. You're going through tough times. But when you look back on it years later, oftentimes you realize it's a lesson. And secondly, it just looks much more beautiful. My listeners are, are brilliant people and they love learning from other brilliant people. You're a leader and you've been doing public service for, for 10 years. Can you talk about perspective? What type of perspective or lessons have you learned over, over all this time that you can give us in the crypto community? We, we were all just, still are just a bunch of kids starting this thing in our parents' basements and now we're leaders of, of an industry, of a revolution, of an evolution, a lot of people say. What advice can you give us? I think, and I still consider myself a kid. I'm 43, so I think I'm pretty young for a, a You're mayor. 43? 43, yeah. Well, you were my age. Thanks, man. 31. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll remember that. Uh, you know, I think, I think the one thing is, first of all, you don't get to live yesterday twice. So that's incredibly important. I think we all have a responsibility. We were talking a little bit about how I got into politics, you know, being a homeowners association. So... What you've what you've done and what and what people uh, that are in the crypto community have done, if they've created a tremendous amount of wealth in, in many cases for themselves, and that's with that comes a tremendous responsibility. And I think what I've found, which is interesting, is the people that I've met in the crypto community are very thoughtful. They're very conscientious. They understand that there is a social role to wealth, right? It's 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 it, it, it's wonderful to be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. But it's also important that we leave a mark. And so that was kind of to your point where you said we were sort of programmed with the DNA of of leaving the world better than what we found. I never heard anyone say that there's a social responsibility to wealth, and I completely agree with that. But I never really thought about it. And, and nowadays, it seems like a lot of people are, are veering in in the opposite direction. Um, it's, so that's that's enlightening, and I, and I completely agree with that. We talk about the coronavirus and everything that's been going on before, and sure. um, we don't know what type of federal funding or state funding or whatever will happen. A lot of people, like you said, are getting foreclosed, and, and it's, it's a really, really scary times. I almost wonder, is it because people who got into crypto got into it not for the money, more to like change the world, and then a lot of them did come into money, that that social responsibility is more felt? You know, I don't know. I, I think uh, when you're young, particularly too, and you have uh, resources, there's an idealism, hopefully, that comes along with that. There's a, a, a maybe a thought that we can still, as I was telling you, uh, to quote uh, Steve Jobs, quoting uh, uh, Vivek, who was here last week, we can still make a dent in the universe. And I think... Uh, we're foolish enough maybe to think that we can still make a huge difference. And so I think that's also really important uh, because um, if you don't believe that, you're never gonna take any steps to make that a reality. Let's, let's talk about Miami for a second. And um, it's a little bit cool outside, but it's, it's an amazing city. And, I, and, and we've, I've been coming here since, since my grandparents had their place up in Hallandale, you know, like um, everyone's been coming to Florida since they were a kid. And it's changed. It's gotten Completely. bigger. The city of Miami, we're just looking at this map. I didn't realize how big the city was. And it's the skyline. You can't see. You used to be able to see it. It's, it's, it's immense. The infrastructure, the traffic has gotten so, not that it was super bad, but it's gotten so much better. I see new bridges and everything. So the city is growing with the people that are, that are coming here. And you have a lot of entrepreneurs who are used to remote work and everything like that. Uh, what are your, so now you're representing 
the city and all these tech. It's not just crypto. It's you're you're going out yeah. the whole tech space. The Absolutely. whole world is moving. Hundreds, millions of people. What are the biggest things that Miami, but also Greater Florida, needs to do in the next five years to maintain that, like. Uh, excitement and and that everyone wants to stay here and grow and, and Florida will be the next like Silicon California and New York in one well I think what we have to do is a few things one is we have to continue to excel in tax policy we have some of the lowest taxes we have no state income tax no no um, local income tax uh, under my leadership in the city we have the second lowest uh, property tax rate in, since the 1960s so we have to stay um, on the vanguard of, of tax policy. I think uh, we have to be welcoming. You know, one of the things that, I mean, it's so, it sounds so simple, but you know, what's incredible about tech is first of all, it's the economy of today and tomorrow, but it's the, the most brilliant people in the world and, and, and they're, they're creating high paying jobs. And so from my perspective, income inequality is the challenge of our generation. It's what we're gonna, we're gonna grapple with. But I don't, yeah. I agree with that. But I don't believe that government is a solution to that. And I think, you know, my parents came from Cuba. It's a communist country. It was an incredibly prosperous country before communism. Venezuela, uh, another communist country where it was the second wealthiest country in, in America. And now 90% of its citizens live below the poverty level. For me, it's it's innovation. It's public-private partnerships. It's, it's, it's innovators that are really going to make the difference and, and, and create... Um, equity and, and, and try to solve some of the social problems that we have, not government. That's a, but there is there there has to be a balance too. Like it's not public-private partnerships is the perfect way to describe it, and I agree with that. You, Cuba and Venezuela are a perfect example where it just became one hundred percent public, and and your family came here. My fa all our families came yep. here, and um, they all had to to become what they ended up becoming, and. They were lucky that a middle class existed back then. Yep. I don't like it's sad, but I don't think nowadays um, that middle class is as like strong or like if you look at the scale of, of, of income on a scale of like one to ten, it used to be that like you have the bottom one and two and then the top eight and nine and then you know three, four, five, six, seven or eight or whatever, we're the middle class, yeah. nine and ten. Now it's like that middle class is maybe three, you know, four, five, and six, yeah. or even four and five. Yeah. How do we solve that with, with public private partnerships? You know, I think if it was if it was easy to solve, we'd, we, all, we'd all solved it, and we would have scaled it, and everybody would be doing it, right? So I think the beauty of it is we understand the challenge, right? The challenge of our generation is to solve it. What, I, what I'm seeing in the tech space, and it runs counter to the tech narrative, right? This, the tech narrative is, oh, you know, um, tech is just a stratifier or a gentrifier. By the way, we had gentrification pre-tech, and we're going to have gentrification post-tech. Oh, yeah. It's, right? Gentrification. It's movement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, there's a renaissance to the city. Everybody wants to be here. And there's a finite amount of space and an infinite, almost infinite amount of capital chasing that finite asset. So that's always going to drive prices up. But for us, we have to be creative. Um, we're doing a lot of public-private partnerships in the space of affordable housing. Sure. We're focusing a lot on education because I think education is a great equalizer in terms of having uh, kids that have the three basic things that you need to be successful in a modern-day economy. Broadband access, uh, digital tools, and educational curriculum, making sure that they have... Uh, you know, that they're learning, learning coding as a second language, that they're doing things that once they graduate from high school, they're going to be able to compete in the, more, in, in the economy that currently exists. Hey guys, it's Charlie. And remember that time we interviewed Anthony Trenchev from Nexo Finance? Well, they are on a roll. 
right now offering 5.9% APR on your crypto credit. You'll be able to borrow at less than 6% on some of your crypto. They got a savings account that's offering 12% interest a year. And now they have an integrated exchange so you can trade between all your cryptos without ever leaving their integrated wallet. It's so amazing. Make sure you check it out at Nexo.io and start earning interest. Start managing your assets because crypto banking just got real with Nexo. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Nexo. It's such a great company. All right, guys. So with a pretty crazy chaotic year behind us, we've got 200 reasons to put your Bitcoin to the test, courtesy of my friends at BitCasino. And I've gotten you an amazing, amazing offer. You have to go to bitcasino.io forward slash shrimp to get it. But all you have to do is wager 5 MBTC, small amount, wager 5 MBTC or more on BitCasino on any slot and you get 200 free spins to their legacy of dead game. You get 200 free spins, 200 spins to win more money for free. And all you have to do is do one slot bet. I love these guys. BitCasino was ahead of the crypto game before that game even got going. The original Bitcoin-led online gaming destination, they really, really, really pushed and to continue to set the standard for fun, fast, and fair gameplay because you have the blockchain, you might as well be fair and transparent while you're at it. Deposit, wager, and withdraw in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tron, Litecoin, so many cryptos, all in real time, all the time with BitCasino. Moving right along. American Council of Mayors. U.S. Conference of Mayors, yeah. What's that like? It's amazing. I've been very blessed in a very short period of time. I was, I've only been mayor for three years. Uh, I'm going to be the president of, the, of all the mayors nationally in uh, potentially January, as early as January this year. And uh, it's a very humbling experience to think that a 500 plus member mayors from both parties, that they've chosen me, a pretty young guy, wow. uh, to be able to lead that organization. It's, it's, it's an overwhelming and awe-inspiring responsibility. It's such an interesting group of people because, um, you know, you talk about uh, that, that job as mayor and it's almost like as a child, you don't really understand what other political roles are, but everyone knows the mayor, you know, yep. it's like that, that job. And it's, you ever see that movie where the president comes to town and he runs for mayor? He's a, I forget the name of that movie. And, um, I really, really love that movie. I'll tell you a good, a funny quote. So, uh, the mayor of Pittsburgh is a friend, a guy named Bill Peduto. And he said, you know, in America, there's three parties. He said, there's Republicans, there's Democrats and there's mayors, you know? And I think that's, there's a truth to that, which is we look at the world differently. And what, how do we look at the world? We look at the world as problem solution. We don't look at the world as, okay, I'm a Republican, so I must think this way, or I'm a Democrat, so I must think this way, and then that's how I sort of attack the problem. No, we look at it as there's a problem, flooding. We gotta, ha we gotta have a solution, right? There's a problem, crime. We gotta have a solution. Homelessness, we gotta have a solution. So it, 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 it decouples us from things that constrain our thinking and that constrain our problem-solving ability. And I think that's why we're so successful and that's why I think so many Americans look to leadership from mayors. Do you think that now, because of coronavirus and the world became so localized, uh, we didn't look at our presidents for, or our, our governors even, um, or even our you know, county commissioners, we looked at our city commissioners and our mayors for guidance, for our mask ordinances, for, you know, how can we be healthy for the hospitals? Even now, vaccination programs became hyper, hyper localized. 
type of, of political office. Do you see that role changing and, and post a COVID world, will that role may be the same now? There is no doubt that COVID um, created this sort of ascendancy of the mayor and the mayor's role nationally. Uh, when I got COVID on March 12th, I was the first person in Dade County to actually be diagnosed with COVID, to test positive. I've done since then about 250 national interviews um, in, in one year. So it's been an incredible opportunity to really um, demonstrate what mayors are capable of. So I do think uh, that mayors are going to take a more prominent role. If you look at the last presidential election, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who's now going to be yeah. the Secretary of Transportation, you know, played a very prominent Isn't that role. That's so cool. What's that? It's just yeah, so it is. He's a ma mayor of a small city, by the way. Running for president. Mayor of a small city, you know, uh, uh, South Bend. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing against South Bend. It's a great city, but. Uh, you know, it, it's just amazing how, how, how a mayor can, can get that kind of platform and get that kind of traction. By the way, there was multiple mayors that ran. Uh, Cory Booker was a former mayor. Um, Julian Castro was a former mayor. Sure. Um, I mean, just, uh, of course, uh, Mayor de Blasio ran as well. So, I mean, there was a lot of people that were running that were mayors. Oh, so yes. And, and he's a senator now, Senator Booker, right? Yep. He, yeah. I remember because I grew up in, in New York and yeah. uh, and he was a big, big part of our lives as, uh, as the mayor of Newark. And um Really, really amazing person. The 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 whole crypto scene is is growing by leaps and bounds. But you you were a crypto guy before it really took off. I've been a crypto guy since the beginning. Um, I, I believe in the sort of the underpinnings of it, uh, the mathematics behind it. I'm fascinated by. Uh, you know the way that it came about. I, I posted the Satoshi white paper. I think I was the first. Uh, uh, U.S. government to post a Satoshi white paper. I think Estonia beat me by a little bit. Um, but it was incredible. I mean, the, the crypto community is so robust. It's so strong. It's so active. It's so plugged in. And what I'll tell you about the, the tech slash crypto uh, community is it's positive. In today's day and age yeah. where everybody's negative, everybody's nasty, particularly on, 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 on social media, to be a public official and to actually get compliments and, and people like like excited about what you're doing, it's so invigorating. It, it makes you work want to work harder. It makes you want to push. It's like direct direct access to, to everyone. Absolutely. You using Twitter for the for for one of the reasons that it was intended for, which is great, and what we all like to use it for. Um, it's so crazy to hear you say that that like you believe in the whole mathematical underpinnings of it because I like 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 you I love math and um, I geek out on that stuff and I really 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 was so excited to see an email yesterday from this Bitcoin 2020 which is now Bitcoin 2021 Tony yep. Hawk and everyone we're gonna be he was building a have a having pipe you know, over there and that's right coming here now that's right and um, there's a lot of people that really I want to thank for that. There are a lot of people in this space that are listening and watching to this show that really have been pushing the, the, the bounds and really doing the job that uh, a lot of the early people were doing. And so um, I just want to thank all of you guys. I want to thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank, thank you, you so Charlie. much for, for coming on the show. But really, like, forget that. Thank you for what you're doing. Every time you write a tweet or you're willing to have a meeting with someone like me or welcome people down to your amazing, beautiful city, uh, it really shows me that the world is changing and, and we're, we're living in a better place now. So thank you. And we're not stopping. You know, we're, we're hoping this year to be able to invade some 
initiatives that we think are very forward thinking, like paying our, our uh, employees a percentage of their salary in, in crypto. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, uh, like, like like the NFL just did, you know, uh, of accepting taxes and fees in crypto and even potentially investing a portion of our treasury there. So we're, we're looking at all those things very seriously. We're looking at Wyoming's laws to make sure that we're as crypto friendly and blockchain friendly a state as any state. We don't want to lose because somebody has more favorable regulations. Those are things you go yeah. to your other question. You know? So Wyoming was, Wyoming did did a good job fast because they didn't really have much else going on at the time. I'm just joking. Um, but they were a perfect, perfect place to start. Florida is different because yeah. you have a lot of people here. There's a lot of money here. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are moving here and the weather's amazing. What type of regulations can do you see that, that can be pushed through? Do you see the ability for creating like crypto chartered banks potentially, or uh, uh, I mean, the local security regulations and things like that. How can they be more welcoming? I, I, to I, I think all that should be considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be, frankly. Uh, I think, you know, uh, whether it be from creating exchanges uh, to uh, chartered banks uh, to, you know, all the things, you know, being able to perfect the security interest so you can borrow money against your crypto account. Yeah, that's uh, a big thing, too. It, it's a big thing. Uh, you know, anything that, that, it, that it can be done in the regular financial institutions, should be doable in crypto. Those are very like localized laws too. So like I didn't realize that states have their own like they do. insurance Blue commissioner skies, yeah. and, yep. and everything. So now, you know, you could potentially see the first crypto backed mortgage in, in Miami. Absolutely. And I think what's important about it and, and the blockchain as well is, is the is the ability to fractionalize yes. these investments and democratize the investments. I think you know, people, a lot of investments have not been available to people. People want to invest in a mortgage, like in, not in the sense that they themselves need a mortgage, but if they want to be the investor in the mortgage, or if they want to be an investor in, in a commercial building, you have to you have to buy a building. I mean, and now, you, you know, in the future, you'll be able to buy a portion of the building, you know, percentage of the building, a fraction of the building and get the same benefits. So that's the perfect, perfect, perfect way to bring like everything together. So for example, if in a few weeks from now you said, and if the laws and the regulations all work, here's a neighborhood, and I want to build affordable house. I want affordable housing built in this neighborhood. Now, if there were if there were ways to do it, and this doesn't exist in the in the financial industry of today, you could have outside investors invest in the potential future rents or the future mortgages of these affordable housing, the the financing of the building, and then only owning a piece of it. And most people don't realize that banks are making 18 to 20% for every dollar that you keep there. And they're only giving us 1%, for example. And we all think that's tied to the Federal Reserve rate, but really banks are businesses. That's yeah. why a lot of these crypto you know, banks can give us 10, nine or 10%. So if we have all these abilities and regulations and things set up, that's how this will change the world. Yeah, I think, I think again, democratizing investment is, a, is gonna be a huge uh, factor with uh, with with uh, with the blockchain, and it will allow people to, like you said, with the smart contracts as well, you know, be able to 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 be more efficient in in terms of transactions. It's amazing how some of the settlements occur right now, when you consider uh, large, even bulk trans, uh, you know, transfers of mortgages and things of that nature are settled still by fax machine. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So uh, I think all that's going to change rapidly. I think there's a rush right now to to change it, frankly. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting future for all of us. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and Thanks. coming on the show today. And awesome. That's a wrap. I love it. Good stuff. So awesome, much. brother. That was awesome.